Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by Salty JD. By God only, how are you doing, JD? I forgot to hit record. I didn't forget to hit record. I hit record. I don't know how I done hit record. So we had about 10 minutes of the show gone, and then I realized we weren't recording the show. So, yeah. Take two, guys. Take two. Take two. Yeah. So, yeah, JD, take two, Oliva, today. Um, <laughs> I guess we can pretend to have the conversation we already had earlier. Yeah. yeah we, we can still cover the same point because I still want to make the same points. but uh, We kind of have to. So, it, we, yeah. We... we, we we got to have to. So I, I guess I'll ask you again, JD. Uh, you know, we, we um, you know what, you know what I want to do? Uh, here's how I want to start the show. So on Please. Sunday, we went live after Slammiversary mm-hmm. and I had so much fun doing that show live. I, I loved doing it live. So I want to give a, a big shout out to the Brace for Impact faithful for those that joined us live. Uh, the, not only on Sunday, but the last couple of weeks, I know uh, our buddy God Illa. You know, special shout out to him for being mm-hmm. in the chat this week. And then, uh, you know, last week we had, uh, I know we had a brother, Gerard, a big new distribution deal. He showed up last week on, on our live uh, preview show. Uh, official Little Silver, uh, I know the homie Nonzo has uh, hooked up, uh, jumped in the chat with us a couple of times. So um, I, I want to just give a big shout out to the BFI faithful. And then, of course, a big shout out to BQ, Pat, uh, and um, Lucha Doncic, Diamond Villain himself, Um Detwan Moore, I want to just give a big shout out to those guys, man, for all the support that they've given us uh, and the Brace for Impact uh, little crowd we got here, the Brace for Impact crew we got here, man. Yeah, a special shout out too to the guy who gave us five dollars, who I'm not familiar with. I don't think he's ever hung out in our chat before. No, um, are you? Yeah, know he, that was his debut. That was his debut in the in the chat. So hell of a way to make a debut. And as we <laughs> talked about in our previous recording, we neglected to mention that AJ Styles was on the show. Yeah. Was, yeah, so, yeah, AJ Styles. I, you know, I, I kind of uh, was uh, joking a little bit on some of my social media posts saying AJ Styles returned to Impact, but in a way, he was he was on Slammiversary. I know that uh, we forgot to mention that at Slam, not because it wasn't a big deal, but because we were distracted by uh, a guy giving us money. Which anytime you give me money, I'm only going to think about that money. I'm not going to think about anybody else, and that's what happened. So, trend setting. We were the first super chat in the history of the entire fight game media feed, I believe, because we told Garrett we got a super chat, and he was like, how? (laughs) I think we even blew the boss's mind. That was way funnier the first time we told the story, but yes. (laughs) Yeah, no, we totally blew his mind, and I think he was even more impressed that neither of us had to take our clothes off to get that $5. Like, we, you know, fully clothed. We just did it by being interesting, so that was cool. Hey, OnlyFans, that's a hint for tonight's uh, Patreon (laughs) conversation (laughs) for later. Yeah, yeah, or or if we started with our clothes off, maybe people would pay us money to put our clothes back put on. Put them that's back on. Yes. Yeah. that's what my wife says. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Or a couple of middle-aged old white guys. So, yes, <laughs> that is in fact what we are. Uh, Ella told me last week that I had the whitest comment on a podcast he's ever heard when I called myself a casual Frasier fan. So <laughs> I thought that, about that, it and I went, "Yes, that is exactly what that is. That is the whitest thing yep. a person could possibly say." 
Yep. Sounds about white. Sounds about white. But yes, uh, thanks everybody for joining us the last few weeks uh, when we've gone live on YouTube. Uh, that More of that is coming. Um, it's not going to be a regular thing that we do, but I think that um, for special shows and uh, preview shows and, and certain events, I think we're definitely going to go start going live more often, man, because I think that's uh, that's really fun. But with the way that our schedules are and how late we go on Thursday nights, I don't know that um, we can always go live, but we're going to try to do that a lot more often. So again, uh, thanks to the brace for impact faithful and uh let's get into the show shall we that's um let's start with talking bti black taurus defeated andrew evett andrew and now let's talk making, bti andrew yeah. evett making his impact return after making his impact return for some reason at slambury or slambury yeah, what the heck uh, am i thinking slambury <laughs> wcw you're probably watching a lot of wcw saturday night 1994 well, we on uh, the cock at the cock. We were we were discussing WCW stuff earlier in the previously recorded unreleased brace for impact for the week. So I guess I had WCW on the brain. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, he lost to Electorus, uh, who should have been in the Ultimate X instead of him. So there you go. I'm not not that I'm still salty. But uh the show begins with uh a uh super, super long uh honor no more uh promo. And I know JD uh, had, was live tweeting while he was watching it, and uh, he had some he had some things that he had to say. And because he was saying it before I got a chance to watch it, I wanted to make sure that not only did I watch it, I took notes while I watched it. So everybody's going to get to listen to, to my note taking abilities here, because um, I, I wanted to like you know make sure like okay why is JD so mad? So I just started to break it down by each part and give my thoughts in each part of the segment. So the the opening segment uh, start it starts out okay actually. Uh, they planted mm-hmm. seed for the PCO turn, which I thought was kind of nice. So good job on that. I tweeted uh, and you. Matt Taven, brother. Yeah, yeah. Matt I, Taven then takes the mic, and I thought Matt Taven was tremendous. I really love the line that he hit when he said, I didn't kill Ring of Honor. I saved Impact Wrestling. Great line. Uh, great and line. he has so much passion when he's talking about that. You can tell it really means a lot to him. So Yeah, I, uh, I love that that's become part of his character, that uh, Matt Taven is going to hang on to the people that ac- literally accuse him of killing Ring of Honor. And that's going to be like a talking point for him for probably the rest of his career. And I, I think it's good. I think it's a good, it's a good character beat for him. Yeah, definitely. And then, of course, America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm come out. And uh, I think that's great. I love that mm-hmm. tag team. Uh, James Storm grabs the mic, cuts I think a pretty good promo. Like, you know, I miss James storm. He's a, he's a hell of a talent. I wish that he would stick around and come around more often. Um, and then uh, Kenny King cuts him off and he proceeds to call America's most wanted old. And uh, that's where, that's where I think everything started to take a little bit of a dive. Uh, Chris Harris, then he got in a bachelorette dig, which I thought was pretty good. He said, I'm going to make you cry more than you did on the bachelorette, which funny. And then at that point, They should have cut the promo off and started the brawl at that point. Um, But instead, Harris just continued to drone on and on uh, as he listed all of the different tag teams that him and James Storm worked while they were around. Struggled to list all the tag teams that him and James Storm (laughs) worked. He just was like, yeah. who was in this company 20 years ago? Uh... Right. Well, and then the, the whole crux of the promo that he was cutting was that him and James Storm have been around in a long time. And really him and James Storm weren't a tag team for that long. <laughs> so they, they were around in the early days, but they were only a tag team for like four years. So That's true. It, yeah, it, it wasn't that long. And then James, you know, Chris Harris went to WWE and then he retired uh, pretty early in his career. So 
Um, he has not been wrestling for a very long time, so he's been out of the business. But um, you're not supposed to know that stuff whenever you're supposed to kayfabe yourself. Um, and then a big a big brawl ensues, and then Babyface, Good Brothers, uh, so the Babyfaces again, they come out, and then uh, the Briscoe Brothers make the save. Uh, and my main thing on this was it just went way too long, man, way too long. And it, it went so long that it became ineffective. Thursday Night Raw. This is the beginning to every Raw, I feel like, since like 1998, 1999, where some guy just sits in the middle of the ring and just drones on and on and on and on. And it's like, I get it, man. It's just this tonight's episode of Impact, I was not a fan of. I felt like it, it felt like the most WWE esque version of an episode of Impact we've had in a long time. And it just started with this. It was, there were some points that were made that were fine. We just, it's always better to get out early than stay too late. I think we saw that on Dynamite last night too, where yeah. Mox and Tanahashi. I think they're still staring at a, staring at each other somewhere <laughs> in the ring. Like it's yeah. just, it, it's always better to be too. It, there's this saying in in showbiz, leave them wanting more. It's a cliche, but it's kind of true because when you when you give them too much, it's awkward. And this was, man, I think they thought it sounded really good, but it just kept going. Yeah. Well, and I think they wanted uh, America's Most Wanted to get some mic time, you know, to show them the respect and they haven't been around in a long time. But, yeah, they really should have edited a lot of that out. <laughs> but they they it's did a not. Tape show. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a tape show. That's the that's the crazy part. Just give me another <laughs> match, you know, just yeah, put just, a match out there like it's right. Just yeah. cut it after the just hit cut after the bachelorette dig and then just show them brawling. And then it's fine yeah. at that point. Would have been It would have been fine. It just. I don't know, man. I feel like the Good Brothers are now. We've got they got the belts back, but I feel like they lost the personality too. Like they did. I don't know. It's Babyface well, Good Brothers is a weird thing. So if they're cool Babyface Good Brothers, that's good. But they're white meat Babyface Good Brothers, and it doesn't fit them at all. No. You know what I mean, like they need to have a little bit of an edge to them to be Babyfaces. You know. And we don't need them as Babyfaces. We have we have the Briscoes who are really good Babyfaces. Well, more on that later. I don't know. I don't know how much oh, do we, we not have, have the Briscoes. Do we not have the Briscoes after all? Oh no. Well, we'll oh. we'll we'll talk about that after the main event. But I I, I have a prediction. So okay. Yeah, I have I have a prediction there. But um, yeah yeah, I'm not not a big fan of the Babyface Good Brothers. The problem is is that once they went back with the Bullet Club, they became difficult to cheer because when they're with Jay White and Chris Bay, they look fucking cool and awesome yeah. when they're bullet club gear right and and they were cool and awesome and so even though they were doing heel shit they were getting uh cheered all the time and impact fans don't want to don't want to boo the good brothers i think mainly it's because they're the most famous people on the show so it's they make it difficult to boo them i get it but it's like again i, I don't think i'm crazy for saying this but bullet club's got a lot of nwo uh, you know uh, uh attributes to them right yeah. and like if you try to make them baby especially white meat baby faces it just does it takes away what makes them cool and the reason why people cheer them so i mean like if you if you don't have the bullet club guys be the bullet club guys then then what are they just let them be tweeners right i mean that's yeah. kind of what bullet club is all basically the nwo was too just let them exist in that space like having having luke gallows run or doc gallows excuse me run out to make a save is one of the most ridiculous things i've seen on television in a long time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like a Taya from, from last week. It was very similar. Taya was like just about – oh, boy. <laughs> she had the Bentley bounce going all the way down to the ring. All right, um, I couldn't finish so, it. <laughs> so then immediately after after that, where that segment kind of falls off a cliff, right, uh, then we go backstage to Giselle Shaw, 
confronting Alicia Edwards. Um, and this was awful. Um, and, J- you know, J.D., you had a point to make about why it was so awful. Uh, yeah, this was, again, I compared the opening segment to Raw. This was a WWE skit where you cut to back, yeah. you cut to backstage, especially a diva era thing where two women are being catty. And it's there's this big like um, diatribe this week about writers and wrestling on Twitter. And some people are pro writers in wrestling. And me as a professional writer, I am completely against the idea of, a, of writers in wrestling. But when it comes to dialogue specifically, like shaping a story is one thing. But when it comes to writing dialogue, I don't like it because it forces wrestlers to do what they're not good at. And that's reciting lines. And. Alicia Edwards, say what you want about her. She's got a lot of heart and she puts like she puts her full self into everything and she tries her hardest, but she's just not very good at reading and reciting lines. And she was bad here doing the same thing. And this was just like, I hate it. Like, if I want to watch bad acting, I'll go to community theater. Like, I want to watch wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, like, again, I like angles. I like promos. I don't like backstage skits that are poorly acted. And I think that right. that's what this was like. And it's um. It was like the worst aspects of like the Divas era WWE, which again, that's kind of Giselle Shaw's character. So I kind of get that, but you don't gotta you don't gotta embrace it fully and give us bad TV. And that's what this was. It was right. bad TV. And then Alicia's talking to a freaking cupcake afterwards. Like yeah. all, all of a sudden she just licks a cupcake and said it was delicious. I'm like, what what are we even doing here? Yeah, I mean, like it wasn't funny. It was I don't know, somebody's like, oh, it was really funny. I laughed. I'm glad you found that funny. It was stupid and it made no sense. Yeah. And it was just it was eating up time on a television show that I thought came off a really hot pay-per-view. Like this was mm-hmm. an episode of Impact I was really looking forward to. And the first two segments are were big whiffs for me. So I just yeah. I'm not a fan of either of these. Well, they they had to dig themselves out of a hole there. Uh and then from there we go backstage. Uh, Honor No More confronting Demore, um, and uh, Scott Demore stated that he was going to give them an opportunity uh, against all odds. They'll be battling James Storm, the Good Brothers, and the Briscoes in a 10-man tag. And then later in the evening for the main event, Bennett, Taven, and Edwards in the main event uh, tonight against uh, Storm and the Briscoes. I got to say, uh, Bennett, Taven, and Edwards, I love this trio as a team. Oh, yeah. They're they're amazing. Like, you know, their, their match from a couple weeks ago with, uh, with Kazarian and the motor city machine guns, I thought was one of the best TV matches all year. And then, uh, and tonight I thought the main event was really good too. I, I just don't think you can go wrong with that trio at all. Like they're such a good team. Those three guys. Yeah, man. And they have good chemistry together too, that we saw. I mean, they're, it kind of fits too. cowboy with the two farmers, right? It just, yeah. And then you got worked. the three Boston guys. Yeah, the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it's true. I didn't even think of that. You just said that. Yeah, that makes that made that made this whole little trios thing work really well. I like the main event. Main event was good. Oh yeah, yep. Uh, next we go, and you know what? And I uh, the next match would be Mia Yim defeating Chelsea Green. I actually thought this was a pretty good match. Um, I I thought Chelsea looked pretty good in it. You know, Mia Yim's obviously a veteran and can can uh, carry carry them. You know who I actually thought was tremendous in this match? He wasn't even wrestling. I thought Deanna Prazo and Matthew Raywalt were pretty good on commentary. I think they have good chemistry. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was entertained by them on commentary. Yeah, that's why they had the two of them together originally. Like they do have good chemistry together. Um, I, yeah. I take this. I think this is probably might be Chelsea's best impact match as far as just like a traditional match goes. Like I think Mia yeah. Yim, who has uh, been around long enough, like I can call her a ring general. Like I think she got a, a good match out of Chelsea. Who I'm, I can be kind of hard on sometimes. I don't think she's a great worker per se, but I thought tonight she had a pretty decent performance. Again, not, I'm not going to go out of my way to say it was fantastic, but it was passable. It was watchable television. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, I, yeah, I thought I thought it was decent. It's at one point uh, Mickey James comes out, um, and uh, because uh, Deanna Prazo was uh, trying to help Chelsea Green uh, cheat, and uh, Mickey James came out to uh, make the save there, um, and y- Mia Yim capitalized with a successful eat defeat. So <clears throat> there you go. And then we go backstage. Uh, Gia Miller was with former Knockouts Tag Champions, the influence Madison Rain had a busted open nose uh, that looked actually pretty brutal. She put those pictures on um, on social media. Courtesy of uh, Tindall Dashwood's head stemming from this past Sunday's uh, Slammiversary. The two started jawjacking before Giselle Shaw interrupted. Shaw stated that she was looking for a new tag team partner, but Dashwood took exception and started to leave. And Rain stopped her and said that if Shaw could take out Rosemary or Valkyrie, maybe there was an opportunity. So I don't know what this means. Does this mean like one of them is going to start teaming with him? Like is the influence breaking up or I, 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 I don't know. And honestly, I don't know that I even care. I don't care. Um, I will say this. Kudos to Madison. She's a tough girl. I'm going to assume oh, yeah. she's going to, she might be out for a little bit. Like those, uh, face look kind of that... beat up. I actually thought she, I actually thought Madison was okay in this segment. Like mm. being particularly annoyed with Tennille. Like, I don't know. That's the best I can say about it, but I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I had this, um, on my old podcast, the podcast express every week I had a segment called who gives a shit. And, uh, this one would have fit into that segment. I so, kind of felt that way. I mean, I don't, it's, uh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> so, um, so this, this episode, it started off as kind of like an episode of WWE raw with the long drawn out promo that just overstayed its welcome feeding into a couple of backstage segments, one of which was very bad and then kicked into yes. kind of a mid-level match. And then all of a sudden it just started turning into an episode of WCW Saturday night. Um, and the reason why I say that is, is because two guys from WCW Saturday night actually were in the very next segment <laughs> with the shark boy and Bupinder Gujar defeating Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice. And then at that point I was like, well, you know, they're coming up on center stage here pretty soon, uh, doing the taping there. This match might've been saved for center stage because it was very much out of the WCW Saturday night playbook. So we had a debate tonight on Twitter about, uh, the AW specifically and their use of their talent. And I said, dude, part of the yeah. fun about WCW is sometimes random guys would come in and have matches. And you'd be like, hey, that was really fun. That was awesome. And uh, tonight, Shark Boy showed up on Impact. And I was like, oh, now I have to eat my own words because I'm watching <laughs> Shark Boy in 2022 again. Yeah. So, uh, maybe Shark not. Boy maybe I was wrong. Like, yeah. Shark Boy looked more like Whale Boy to me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> brother brother but, uh, is eating. A little stretchy, a little stretchy in the midsection for sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, but this this match, it, you know, this was funny. It was inoffensive. Fun. It was like, it's like it's okay to have a little bit of fun on TV, right? Johnny does nothing bad on television. He makes yeah. everything work. That dude makes every second he's on TV count. So I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then thankfully, mercifully, the match ends, and then Violent by Design attacks. Uh, Diener and Joe Doring of Violent by Design hit the ring. They attack everyone, um, and then. Uh, um, VB destroyed all four men, and Diener grabbed the mic, stating that they weren't going anywhere. This was actually Diener's very first in-ring promo in Impact, by the way, and he's been around Impact forever. So, uh, kudos to him for his for being in the company for 20 years and uh, getting his first promo. It's like way to stick it out, bud. It's patience, <laughs> but, patience. Uh, 
Yeah, <laughs> but I, I thought he actually cut an effective promo. I thought he was actually pretty good. Um, he uh, he grabbed the mic and stating that they weren't going anywhere until Josh Alexander came down to the ring, which then Alexander came down to the ring. Alexander stated he was getting ready for their match later tonight, but he was here now. Diener called Alexander, uh, kept calling him Joshua, of all things. Um, made me think of Lethal Weapon, the first one, Mr. Oh, Joshua. Mr. Joshua, yes. Yeah, Gary Busey. Uh, he stated that Doring was undefeated and that he would be taking the world championship home for Violet by Design. And he also reminded uh, Joshua that Doring defeated him just a couple weeks ago, defeated uh, Josh Alexander, So, which is why we're having the match against all odds. Uh, Alexander took exception and asked where Eric Young was. Alexander stated it didn't seem like a Young call-out, but Diener call-out. And then asked Diener what he was going to do all alone after Diener gets defeated at Against All Odds. And um, uh, Violent by Design took exception. They attack Josh, and then boom, immediately they start the match between uh, Josh Alexander and uh, Joe or Cody Diener. Sorry. And I thought this was an effective match, and I thought yeah. uh, it told a good story because, you know, uh, the big man, Joe Doring, got the heat on Josh early. And then uh, that made it made Diener look like an effective on top heel. And it made Josh come from behind and sell and sell and sell until he eventually defeated Diener. And I thought it was pretty good. My issue with this whole thing is when it's happening, right? We jokingly were, were saying, you know, new era impact. And we kick off the show with this theme song that we all hate. And <laughs> it just, it felt like a lot of more of the same, right? right. Like it, to me, it doesn't like storyline wise. I don't understand the logic of when you beat the big boss that now you have to beat the underlings. That doesn't make yeah. sense. Right. And that's my issue with this is like Joe. I'm a big Joe Doring fan. 10 years ago, he's one of the best big men in the world. Time has been rough on him, but I think he's been better the last couple of weeks. But he has not been pushed like a guy who should be contending for a world championship right now. And again, against all odds is just an impact plus special. I get it. But I don't know, like make me feel like or at least try to convince me there's a chance that he can win the title here like i want to challenge like that like i said this feels like big bubba getting a a a title shot in 1997 or 1998 right like i don't feel like Bubba undefeated for two years at that point yeah but he doesn't have a win over the world champion he's not pushed like that though he is undefeated because he never has matches we know he did have a match against the world champion two weeks ago and he won but that's not that's one that's fair. But I mean, like, is that something yeah. that like has ever been really talked about on the show, right? Like that happened two weeks ago, so we have the justification for this match now. But again, yeah. you beat you're going against the heater. Like Doring yes. is Eric Young's I, heater. Like it, it's, it's a backwards. Bit backwards. Yeah, it's a bit it's backwards. Totally they should have done the match before Slammiversary. Yeah. Uh, honestly, whenever they booked Doring and Alexander a couple weeks ago. I didn't understand the booking. I was like, okay, well, Josh is going to defeat Doring because he's got to get to Eric Young. And then they went to a, a DQ, and I was like, okay, I think what they're doing is they're going to heat up Doring now, and then they're going to eventually have the match with Alexander and Doring for the world title on Impact Plus Special because you're never going to get anybody to pay 40 bucks for that. Um, but what they did was is they immediately did it two weeks later. And, and I was like, okay, maybe that's a bit early. So. We haven't – there's been nothing done to really heat him up and make me – like at least try to sell me on it. Like have him slaughter a bunch of people. Jeff Jarrett – I don't know yeah. if you've heard this week's uh, – the Monty Brown uh, podcast on, on Jarrett's show this week. He talked about why they didn't give Monty Brown the belt back in – I think it was 05 – and this is a line that really stuck out to me. He's like, we as a company weren't ready for that because we didn't have anyone for him ready to go. And I thought that was really interesting because a lot of times we've seen this in AEW recently where a guy will get a title and then it's like it's almost like deflated afterwards because there's no post plan. 
right? Yeah. Like, where do we go from here? Like, and I, I thought that was a great comment from Jeff Jarrett. Now, whether or not that's protecting his own ass for bad booking from tw- from 15 years ago or whatever, like, but it made, like, I get the logic yeah. behind it. And I feel like yeah. we're here with Josh. I feel like nobody is really ready. I feel like they're getting, I still feel like we're getting Eddie ready, but there's like, nobody really underneath that is like a credible challenger so we have to go with the big guy when we've already taken out his boss and again that's just it's backwards booking to me and i don't and again it's not credit it's not like joe doring isn't a credible guy because he's huge but it's not going to happen like like joe doring has not you could tell me he's undefeated for two years sure he never he rarely wrestles in the company he's only beaten satoshi kojima in two years (laughs) that's it though that was a year ago that was it yeah that was that was really it like he had a his last big match was a year ago so well and he had the match with the gallows too so but that's about it and again not again if you if you hammer that again Pro wrestling fans, especially at this age, have very short memories. Like, yeah. we get so many matches beat at us every week, and we, you can forget about a lot of things, most people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's what it's the job of, you know, commentary and impact. We do the best video packages in wrestling. Remind me. Remind me that jo- that, that that Joe Doring is a killer. Like, justify it. Tell me why. And again, yeah. we talked about Eric Young, and they did it later. So yeah. I know that will come. But, I mean, like, heat him up on the way especially if you know that this is where you're going after the big pay-per-view and that's what and i feel like i feel like none of the legwork has been done to get us here we're just supposed to like go and it feels like it just feels like it feels like nothing is over from the big pay-per-view it feels like everything has to keep going and i hate that about wrestling in general yeah it does feel like slammiversary should have been the end of a end of a book and then supposed to start a new chapter this week and really the book is just continuing to to drone on like it's like you know the 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 third lord of the rings movie where there's like 17 different endings after after the king never ended it never ended it kept ending it kept the movie kept going yeah Um, that's why that's like we got the moose and sammy later it's the same thing it's like oh monster's ball wasn't enough we got to keep going i don't know man it's frustrating well i but i just as sitting back just as a match i i'm excited to see what josh alexander and joe doring do in the main event uh, in a world title match and i want to see if we get big match joe doring because um so far uh josh alexander has yet to disappoint in a big match so i'm pretty excited about that now impact has to get the story over and so far they haven't done it yet so agreed um, we'll, we'll we have see. a great we have a great impact world title match coming up on conrad's show yes yes but even then there's no story there <laughs> so it's just no. it's just a it's just a it's just a match but i can connect my but i can use my mlw brain to fill in the gaps for me so yeah and it's and new and MLW it's in so long i mean I, it's been a year for me but you know maybe yeah. we should watch more to be continued. Yeah, I do. I do like Fatu. I think Fatu is great, which we'll talk about on the Patreon. Let's save it, brother. But yeah, so uh, again, yeah, we thought this was a good match, um, and um, Alexander got the got the victory there. So next we go backstage. Jim Miller was with Frankie Kazarian, and Kazarian reflected on his match at Slammiversary. Uh, but then before focusing on Chris Saban, he wanted to get his rematch with Saban because they tried to have their match a few weeks ago and then I don't know more ruined it. And so now they want to close the chapter on their history. I like the promo. I thought this was effective at first. I'm like, why is he trying to go back to this Chris Saban thing? They're friends again, but no, this is just more about them close. Well, he just wants to see who's better between him and Saban, his, uh, his career long rival. And I get that. So sometimes the best pro wrestling is I'm better than you. Yeah. Well, I actually like this. Frankie's an underrated promo. 
He is. Yep. Um, he even threw in his little gimmick there at the end. So I thought it was uh, very effective. Um, and then next we get a video promo shown from Jordan Grace, who is just like so muscular and shredded. It's, it's insane. Like, I don't know. She's never been in this shape before as far as like, just like a little powerhouse. Um, uh, and I think a great representative for Impact as the champion. But uh, she was uh, thinking Tasha Steeles and then pondering a potential rematch. And then backstage, Steeles with Savannah Evans and stated that if Grace could survive Evans next week, Steeles would see her against all odds. Okay, you want to go back to backwards booking? How how does how is uh, Tasha Steeles calling the shots on this one? Why does Jordan Grace have to beat Evans to defend her title against the former champion who got pinned three times on Sunday? By the way, I don't know. Like. <laughs> I don't know. This is what I'm talking about. I'm like, yeah. why Why does the former champion get to lay out these? Why can't Jordan just go piss off? You know, yeah, I got the go title. Pick up her up, lady. Jordan Hercules Hernandez Grace should be the, yeah. the one laying out the challenges. She's jacked to the gills. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Insane. Crazy. Yes. Not a great, not a great championship performance from one Tasha Steeles, but yes, here we go. No. Dude, she got pinned three times on Sunday. She's lucky to be getting a title shot. Now she's calling the shots. This show would make more sense if Scott was a heel. I've been saying this for months. Yeah. 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 Um, We go back to WCW Saturday night uh, with Sammy Callahan defeating uh, Jack Price already in the ring. Uh, Beats his ass quick, and he's celebrating. And then all of a sudden, uh, Moose comes in, and uh, they have uh, re-kicked off their feud. They're going to have one more match. Um, it's going to be the housework, or what is it called? The clockwork, clockwork Orange House orange of Fun house. match. Yeah, Clockwork Orange yeah. House of Fun, yes. They actually so, refer to it as Ravens, yeah. Clockwork Orange, et cetera, et cetera. Well, guess who lives in Atlanta? I was going to say they have to be bringing Ravens. old Scott Levy in, right? Yeah. And if they're going to, not that he's going to move a lot of tickets, but they should really get out ahead of that and tell people that he's going to be there. Right. Don't don't worry about saving that as a surprise. Like, get him out there, get him out there slinging tickets for them because they need all the help they can get. Um, maybe they could put him on the street team. Um, yeah, I am a big Raven fan. Always have been. Always will be. One of the greatest promos ever. I don't think he's going to do a whole lot here, but at the same no. time, nostalgic JD is curious to see what Raven in twenty twenty two looks like. So. I'm in. I'm, I'm. I'm. okay. I don't like. I hated the idea that this match is going to keep going because, again, that was one of our big talking points on Sunday. Was what happens to Moose and Sammy? Where did they go from here? Turns out nowhere. But yeah, you're going to gimmick me with Raven. I'm. I'm okay for now. I don't like it, but I'll accept it. Yeah, I. I wasn't excited that they're having another match until I found out it was the Raven match, and then I was like, we're probably going to get Raven. So I'm like, yeah. okay, you reeled me back in. I'm cool with yeah, that. Um, and you know, and with against all odds, and I know people say it's just an impact plus special and there, there are differences here. There's impact plus specials that are designed to get more impact plus subscribers. Right. And then there are impact plus specials where they are clearly just meeting a requirement to make sure that they're fulfilling their content requirements for the people that have already paid their five to $7 a month, whatever it is. That's what against all odds is against all odds is for people that are already subscribing. In fact, it's going up against SmackDown head to head. They're not expecting anybody to come in and, and uh, be a new subscriber for this. It's for the people that are already paying and Hey, look, we're going to give you this show. Uh, we're going to do did, it live up against SmackDown. I did not realize I, I, they must've said it and it went over my head. I did not realize it was on a Friday against SmackDown. That is a choice. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's, they're not, they're not trying to no, clearly. sell new subscriptions for this. They're just 
putting out some content to fulfill their requirements and then hoping to sell some tickets. So there you go. Um, and so backstage, we go back to the Good Brothers. Uh, America's Most Wanted and the Briscoes are getting ready for the six-man tag team main event. And as the teams are headed to the ring, Harris attempted to get to the ring too, but a stop by Storm. Storm reminded Harris that he made a promise to his family. So ba- basically, Harris is can no longer wrestle, and that's why we're not seeing him get physically involved. Um, he had gotten really uh, sick, ill, whatever. But while this is going on, the camera microphones picked up a loud Rosemary chant going on in the arena. Cause clearly Rosemary was wrestling while they were doing this skit and they, they don't have the good enough sound equipment to block that out, I guess. What I'm about to say is going to sound like super technical because I spent 15 years, six, 17, eight years as a production professional, but I'm going to tell you a secret that you can do to get around that. Take two. Yes. That's it. Do it again. Like, there's no way they didn't hear that loud Rosemary chant. You're going to tell me that they couldn't just, I don't know, do it again? Like, yeah. Or, I don't know. You know what? You know what they like to do in Impact, which kind of annoys us sometimes, but I, I think it would have worked here. They, they could have just had like a little bit of background music or something or ambient background noise or something. They could have mixed have, the audio to where they got rid of that, right? That would Maybe it's possible. It would have been corny, especially because Harris had that like hangdog look on his face. <laughs> I'm, I might have been laughing incredibly hard <laughs> if they'd have done that. So it well, might have been piano music. Well, yeah, that's the what I'm hearing. Music while the, 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 the Incredible Hulk theme, the Incredible Hulk song when he's walking away. Dun, 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 dun. Like it's, yeah, that's what I hear. It would have been. So I, I think my idea would have been easier. Just you know, do it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can't do things the easy way, there, JD. <laughs> no, they did do it the easy way. They, they just did do it the easy way. That's all we. That's all we do are things the easy way. Yeah, we have time for no take two. We got to get all these shows done in two days. Cowboy can't next go second Sammy, take. Next we go Sammy Callahan. He's uh, mad, and then uh, Gail, friend, Gail Kim confronted him, and they gave him his Clockwork Orange match. So there you go. Ravens, and they're they're labeling it Ravens, Ravens Clockwork uh, Orange. So that that they're putting the word Raven in front of it, so they're clearly bringing Raven in. It's very GCW of them to name it after him, but yes. Yeah. Um, so new matches made for against all odds, uh, grace against steals on no more versus good brothers, the Briscoes and James storm Callahan and moose in a house of fun match. So there you go next week. So I, f- I really do feel like this week they crammed in so many backstage segments and these long drawn out interviews to kill time. And they wanted to load up next week because next week looks insane. You got Chris Bay versus Macklin versus Laredo kid versus Trey Miguel for a title shot. Of course you gotta do a four way for a title shot. WWE style. Wait, um, wait, 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 wait. Why do we have three people wrestling for a number one contenders match, none of whom were in the Ultimate X match to win the title? Miguel, Miguel's in the match, but uh, it's Miguel, oh, yeah, sorry. Three, three out of the four. Yeah, yeah three okay. out of the four. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. So I'm of the opinion that Miguel beat Speedball the week before the week before uh, Ultimate X. He should just get the title shot, but. What do you you got you got to have your Ultiman match. You got to get everybody involved. You got to get them on the card. I, why did we? Why did? Why didn't we have either? Why didn't we have Macklin and Bay in the Ultimate X match to begin with? Why? How are these well, guys now number one contenders when they weren't good enough? Good enough to be in the Ultimate X match with five other guys a week ago. You know, and, and it, it goes back. It goes back to the point that I was making on Twitter about AEW. It's like this this addiction for when you got this big show. Instead of using the great people that you already have, you feel the need to go in and pull from the outside. 
right? And it's just becoming kind of a frustration of mine with it's really more of a frustration of mine with AEW right now because I think they're just going to the well too often. And I, instead of bringing in Cesaro, I think they should just go with one of the amazing, talented people that they already have. And because Cesaro's not going to sell you any tickets or pay per views, it's a surprise. And I don't think it's going to be that big of a surprise. I don't think that many people are going to give a fuck. So I, I think that they have so many good talent that aren't even on this card they could use. My opinion that that that's that's what that is. But uh, I, I think for Ultimate X, they should have used the people that they already had, who are actually more talented than the people that they brought in to have on that uh, match. So sorry. And, and no, I get what you're saying. It's it's weird. And it's like AEW. I kind of I'm going to give them a little bit of this because there's so many injuries, right? And they're trying to get last minute. And then like and I get for Danielson specifically. I get now like Lee Moriarty is great. And he would have a great match with Zack Saber Jr. But, yeah, but that, that's Savio Vega pop there. That's exactly what that is. And I get why yeah. you, I mean, that's why they feel like they have to in this case. Cause again, Bruce Pritchard says it's not me is like you replace some, when you have a replacement, it has to be bigger than or equal to what you're replacing. Yeah. And you, ha- I mean, I get it in this case, you feel like you have to do something. And this, this entire show is the forbidden door. Apparently there's a reason it was forbidden because everyone's dying left and right. It's like, <laughs> it's like King Tut's curse. Like, yeah, I, I get and I agree. I don't really want them to bring anyone else in at this point, but I get why they feel they have to because I'm going to be in that crowd and I feel bad. I mean, like people are like, oh, it should be Gresham. I agree. It should be Gresham. It should just introduced Gresham right there. Had some yeah. people kind of go. Eh. And then, you know, by the time the match comes around, everybody's like, hey, you know, Gresham Saber is going to be a really good match. And then everybody's well, on board. No, well, they I know we're getting sidetracked to the AEW thing. And I had this discussion early on the fight game Facebook. Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. was never announced. <laughs> it was teased, no. but they never the, the match was never made. So like nobody had a, like there was no real like nobody's being let down. You know what I mean? They they no, could have just I, they could have just put Saber in a different match, and then they could have had a whole another match made all together. I mean, I Keith feel- Lee, Jonathan Gresham, uh, Shane Strickland, none of those guys are even on this fucking pay per view. You know what I mean? And uh, but they they feel they need to bring in Cesaro. So. You know, and we don't know it's Cesaro for sure, but I'd be surprised if anyone but Cesaro, uh, Claudio yeah. Castagnoli. I did hear Chris Hero's name bandied about. I'd actually be okay with that. For a, um, I think can that guy even wrestle right now? I mean, last time oh. I saw that brother, he was huge. Uh, he's always been big like that, though. I mean, that's Chris Hero. He's always been kind of a husky dude. Like, yeah. I would, I would actually, I would honestly rather see Chris Hero personally. Like, I, I get there's there's no wins in this thing, right? Because you're trying to build this dream match card. And everybody keeps getting hurt. Ishii's never been hurt in his life. Like this dude must have had a leg fall off to not be able to make this show. Like, yeah. So I get it. They're trying to make this like this is just a bad example for the like, guy. Almost like they never. They probably should even just done this damn show. So I, I get it in this case. But with with Impact specifically, what I don't like is that these guys who were not in the the Ultimate X match are now being thrust into a number one contenders match. Like, yeah. I just hate the idea. I hate number one contenders matches in general because like. Again, rankings are stupid. Deeming some of the top contender is also stupid when it's just four random dudes. You're like, okay, whoever wins is number one. Go. Like, well, it's a work sport. We can control it. We can make we can make up reasons why. Like, right. it's just well, so half They have a reason. They already have a reason. Trey Miguel already beat Speedball just last week. That's and again, that's right yeah. there. It's right yeah. there. Just take it back and announce the match for against the Lutz. Trey Miguel, Speedball. Boom. Right. And then, and then what they could do is they could put the other three guys in a in a match just to try to heat somebody up, as opposed yeah. to like, here. Well, we're just gonna have a three way match uh, with Laredo Kid, Macklin, and Chris Bay. Just we do just, to have, just to get them up. We do that all the time in this company. We always have three matches yeah. for like no real reason. 
why not? Like I'm at this point, sure, I don't care. Like yeah. normally, I'm like, oh, three matches are stupid. But at this, like, I, I, I'm gonna go against my own self on this one because I'm like, I don't care at this point. Whatever. Like, I just right. it's it's the lack of consistency. It's that that's what bugs me more thing is like when you don't follow your own rules of consistency. That's that's sloppy storytelling. So we'll go to the main event here, which I think, uh, in my opinion, saved this show from being a complete thumbs down because it's hard for me to give a thumbs down to. Uh, the match with uh, Alexander Diener, which I thought the whole segment was good. And then I, I thought this, um, the main event was awesome with, um, with uh, I don't know more, Edwards, Taven, and Bennett against uh, the Briscoes and James Storm. Um, what this match made me really remember is just how awesome James Storm is, and it pisses me off that he's not around more. And I don't know if it, that's his choice or if it's Impact's choice. I don't know what's going on, but they need to figure it out and make me happy here and bring James Storm on television more often because he is—he was so good in this match. Like everything he did was good, and they even had like that hope spot there at the end where Honor Moore was about to close, and then here comes James Storm with a super kick out of nowhere. Uh, saving the day for his team. And then eventually Mark Briscoe gets pinned. And then, uh, of course, a big brawl ensues. And then they eventually take out Mark Briscoe's knee. Uh, looks like Mark Briscoe's probably going to be out for a while. He might be going on maternity leave. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. He just had a kid. High-risk pregnancy there. So Maternity. I never heard that before. Continue. Oh, that that is a Mike Gilbert original. I, I have coined that phrase in the Air Force. So because uh, like they always say paternity. I'm like, not manternity was, is what I'm taking. So, like yeah, F- feel free to use that one, folks. That but yeah, he's going to I don't know if that's what it is, but it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit. They clearly wrote him out of the storylines and they, they beat him for a reason and they took him out. So he might be out for a while. That's OK. Um, that's not OK, actually. Uh, this was a good match. I agree with you. I thought the, the cowboy was the whole story of this match. Like, again, I was like, why? Why didn't this guy in the pay-per-view? Is he still yeah. with the NWA currently? No. Okay. No. In fact, uh, StarCast, um, they, they announced James Storm for StarCast, and they announced him as Impact Wrestling star James Storm. Oh, really? Uh, so I, I don't know if that means anything at all, but okay. but clearly Impact and Star uh, StarCast have partnered up with for this show. So Very clearly. Um, how? How has WWE never given the Cowboy a real run? Right. I know we had a cup of coffee that exceeded literally two matches. Like, yeah. I don't get it. This guy's got everything. He's, he's amazing. Yes. Like he was, he's at, he's like 45 years old. He got a yes. little bit of a beer belly. He got the beautiful tan, the big old arms. Oh, and he's out there skinning the cat on the ropes, you know, yeah. like he, he's a real fucking man. Like him and Silas yes. Young, you know what I mean? Like he's a real man. He look, he's everything a wrestler should be. Yes. He can cut a promo. He's good in the ring. Yeah. He can do anything. He's a great baby face. He's a compelling heel. He almost murdered Mickey James. God damn it. Like, with a train, with a goddamn train, yeah. like Dick Dastardly. Like, I don't, I just look at this guy. I'm like, how did Vince McMahon never give this dude a run? Like, and they pick the other guy. I just, I will never, yeah. I know everybody was, I was never, I was always a cowboy over Wildcat, always. So, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I watch this guy and I'm like, how did Tony Khan never call this guy? Like, he's been kind of yeah, like just doing stuff. I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand. I really don't. Again, I don't know if it's more him than it is the companies. Maybe, maybe the maybe. companies do want him, but maybe because Joel Pearl from Fightful was saying that he's just like he thinks Storm is just kind of happy living in Tennessee, doing his thing on the farm. And I know he's doing real estate now uh, there in Franklin, Tennessee. So 
good for him. Good money in real estate. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what he could really do and be really good at? He could be the global honor champion in Noah. He's got the right age. <laughs> he can actually work. Oh my yeah. God. Give me cowboy and Kojima. Shit. I'll take oh, that all day, bro. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. Before we before we sign off on uh on our recap show, uh what'd you like overall where where are you at on this deal? I hated this show. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't the worst show I've seen all year. I was a little over the top on Twitter about it. <laughs> it was um this is C minus though. I mean, like only okay. pulled up because it was a really good main event and because it yeah. rem- every now and then I need to be reminded of how great James Storm was. And that was honestly, he was the MVP of the damn show. So yeah. God damn, well, give me Josh Alexander versus James Storm for God's sakes. I think you need more story out of that. Main event in Chicago, Cicero Stadium. Hanging oh. from the rafters. Let's do it. Well, hell yeah. I'm on I'll be there. So I'm on board with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought James Storm looked great. I you know, obviously the the Briscoes and uh and the kingdom, they you, you put them anytime, any place, anywhere, you put them in a match, they're they're gonna tear it down. And then Eddie Edwards is also obviously very good. So um yeah, I, I'm more thumbed in the middle here. Yeah, C C minus. I'm yeah, you know, brace for debate. I'll go with C. There you go. Great with a curve because they had James Storm. He's one of my favorites. So I'll concede the half a mark to you. So <laughs> it's like uh, when someone gets mad at uh, Uncle Dave uh, whenever he gets four and a half. <laughs> that stars. Like, that well, quarter of a star. Three quarters. God damn it. <laughs> Man, I would love to have the power that Dave Meltzer has to just, you know, not to drive people completely up the wall. I do like Dave's new thing of not responding to every idiot because he, he turned yeah. off his responses unless he follows you, which again is a harsh reminder that I don't follow. I'm not followed by Dave Lutzer. So I know we're, we're not followed by Dave, but uh, Dr. Preet is followed by Dave. Uh, Preet I know. Paul. I don't know how that circle. works. He's part of the inner sure. circle. We're not, we're on the outside. How did he get in that inner circle? Oh, I want answers. Damn it. Uh, maybe because he's actually a doctor and really smart. Maybe that's, that's what. true. Unlike an idiot yeah. like the two of us. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Hey, that's going to do it for us on the free feed here. Uh, so if uh, you like what you hear, uh, join us over on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash fightgamemedia and join our Patreon uh, or our Fight Game Media Plus pres- uh, subscription service. Almost said prescription. Subscription service. It's uh, $5 a month, man. Uh, and you get all kinds of content. And uh, we're about to kick into some talk about that. we got some StarCast news that's breaking uh, impact ticket sale news and then uh, old lady frost has got some stuff going on in her life uh, that we need to get a get to the bottom of uh so we'll, we'll talk about that so um if uh yeah if you're listening to us on patreon stick around